0: Hi Todd, welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. Todd Safaretti has been a successful entrepreneur CEO, a conservative political activist in Washington, DC, for the past 30 years. He is also the co-author of a very successful book with Floyd Brown, Big Tech Tyrants: How Silicon Valleys, Stealth Practices, Addictines, Silent Speech, and Steal Your Privacy. Wow, that's a, that's a <laughs> mouthful there. Uh, but you know, this has become this has come in the news a lot and I've had discussions with friends about well you know a lot of these tech giants like Facebook and Google well they are private companies and you know some people think well should they be regulated should they not be regulated Um, but you have an idea that it's not about more regulations it's really about keeping them in check and not letting them become a monopoly
1: all right Uh, it's exactly right I for one am, am a limited government person so we do not in fact big tech wants Congress to come in and legislate and create more rules and regulations because what they can do is use their their corporate attorneys and their multi-billion dollar assets to get around those issues and they can put the smaller competitors out of business, which is the definition of monopolies and antitrust uh, uh, violations and so forth. So we do not want, uh, we recommend, we uh, do not recommend that we go down the route of especially congressional regulations more regulations we know that the the bureaucracy is, is in the hand of the deep state and they support big tech but actually big tech uh, it, there's people on both sides of the political spectrum so it's not just a, a right issue Elizabeth Warren uh, is, is a, a big advocate to break up big tech and so yeah. forth so uh, there's two statutes that they're hiding or that we, we believe that if if you just fix that the free market, We'll, we'll open up again and then uh, we're, we're an advocate of the free market. Let the free market fix it. So the first is, which I said, the, uh, they're violating the antitrust uh, legislation. So the, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, needs to come in and challenge Facebook, Twitter, Google on on their monopolies. You could even uh, argue that the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission, can come in because they tend to support Democrat candidates. And if you're doing positive uh, articles and search results and so forth in favor of one side. that It's actually an in-kind con- contribution. So you could actually even go after them with uh, the federal, the FEC. Uh, so break them up as a monopoly. Again, that allows the free market to come in. There's a lot of free market organizations out there. Uh, a company called Gab, parlor you may have heard of these. We have an app that's coming up called FeedMe.app that's, going to do that and, well, hey, let the free market solve it. But the big one, I believe, and I know it's big because we actually had a press conference in Washington
0: mm-hmm. a few
1: weeks ago, and the the main lobbyist, he's actually a Republican, but he represents pretty much all of big tech, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. We had kind of a very spirited debate on Section 230, which is called the Communications and Decency Act of 1996.
0: What exactly does that mean, actually? Yeah. Break that out.
1: Uh, I'll explain it to you, but I can tell it was what they're worried about because he got very heated with me and said we would destroy the social media industry if we went down that route. So I, 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 think, I think we're on to something here. Uh, that was created, <laughs> so uh, a communication platform, so I, I can explain it best, think of AT&T or Verizon, you're making a phone call. They're protected under a statute that says if a bad, one bad guy calls another bad guy on their platform. something bad happens, say a terrorist attack, you can't sue Mm -hmm. uh, Verizon or AT&T for for that act. That that federal statute protects them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what Facebook and Twitter and these big tech, they're hiding out of that. What it does, it protects them against multitudes of lawsuits. So by content. So um, if you're a publisher, on the other hand, you're liable. If you put something on there that's libelous, slander. You can be sued and you can lose in court. You can't just put out whatever you want to. So -hmm. Facebook says, hey, you know, we we can't be responsible. But yet they want to censor speech. Well, as a communication platform under 230, you can't say, well, this is hate speech and this is not. You're not the arbiter of speech. Just like AT&T couldn't say, you know, back in 1960, if two people were talking about Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement, they couldn't cut your line off because you're talking about the civil rights movement. That's, yeah. that's not allowed. Yeah, that's, that's what Facebook and Twitter and even Google are hiding under. You, it's amazing
0: to me, because what, what is this whole idea of hate speech? I didn't even hear it this term a couple of years ago. And now people are like, and I had a debate with my friend. She's like, well, you know, a certain speech just goes too far. And I'm like, well, who gets to be the arbiter <laughs> of choosing what's too far and what's not too far? Because one day I told her, what if that's you? What if that idea, that free thinking idea is just too much for someone who's in control of social media or communication or your job or whatever it might be? Well,
1: just read the First Amendment. There is no sub provision in the First Amendment that says, except hate speech. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've debated many on the left on subjects that, that I disagree with, but I want more speech, not left. And I will debate anyone on anything they want to keep it legal. You know, you can't. You threats of uh, violence. violence and pornography and all that kind of stuff but you know I'm a, I'm a Christian and I've debated atheists and I, I respect other people's opinions so I've had very uh nice respectful debates with with atheists on a topic like that yeah and I want more speech but when you hit it right on the head who gets to be the arbiter so Facebook says they get to be the arbiter uh, but if you if you look at people that have been banned, and not just you know organizations like ours that have been suppressed, but uh, there's p- individuals, grandmas in Sioux City, Iowa, that because they they reposted something about President Trump, have been put in Facebook jail, saying, "Well, that's fake news." Well, what gets who gets to appoint you? What's fake news and what it? Let let the public decide again, free market. If they don't agree with it, then they can turn the digital channel and not have to listen to the content you're providing.
0: That, that amazes me because this really puts it in the ballpark of responsibility. And I, that's something that is really this kind of myth out there that there should be someone taking care of responsibility for us, the big daddy government or something like that, where it should shift from us, the people, let make the regulations so we're safe, Facebook or government, and, and we don't have to do it for ourselves because you said it just there. If you don't like a certain speech, you don't like what's being said, I don't like a certain channel, I turn the channel or walk away. So the idea that you have to be silenced because it's going to be hurtful to someone, when has words killed someone?
1: Well, I think you've nailed it. You've nailed the difference. But I don't want to get too political, but that is really the difference between uh say conservative and li- liberal philosophy, although I, I do think this is a both right and left issue that have their own issues with it. You know, the left don't they don't like big powerful corporations, they say. Mm-hmm. But it's funny if you go on Twitter how many on the left are supporting the censorship on big tech so all of a sudden it suits their purpose. So go ahead and censor. You know, if it was happening and I saw the left being censored, I I would be right behind them and and say, look, I stand up for you. And I I, I was at CPAC one year and they, they tried to ban an atheist booth. um, And I said, no, Mm -hmm. and this, again, this was the same gentleman I debated. I said, I welcome you because I want to debate and let the people decide. Again, like you say, individual responsibility. It's not up to government. We're all big adults. We can handle content and let, you know, let us decide.
0: And not only that, we should have the choice to actually learn and educate ourselves and say, okay, that point, no, I don't quite agree with it. Why not? Sure. Let me look here. Let me look there. And build our own informed decisions on things. Now, let me tell you this, Todd. Um, our, our show started last year, um, a, new plat- a new show where we would bring on politics and politicians and talk about certain issues that were contentious to all sides. And the purpose was to kind of bring a conversation where we could have a a conversation that would open up dialogue and and have solutions. And I used to be on my show. It's seven years now. would be on seven pages of Google when you would search for it. All right. And end of last year, we were cut down to about a page and a half. So, yeah, yeah, the search engine had changed and and somehow did something that we were not as found. Most of our shows were not found. So you're right. It's not just affecting. I ain't ain't seeing myself as a big um, media, you know, person out there, but the idea that I am a normal person, and I I should, along with my guests, be able to express our opinions and thoughts. Now, I have something here that's very interesting in your title, um, how social media addicts teens. How does that happen, and what's going on there?
1: Well, if you go back to your Google, if it it allows the correct search, you go back to one of the original founders of Facebook. uh, They actually did focus groups with young people, and just like drug dealers do, they, they Discovered what endorphins went off, what basically hypnotized, uh, especially young people to different, not just subjects, but but the the way they're interacting, different colors, different wording, and they saw what really you we know, we've all seen not only teenagers or young people, we've all seen people just buried down in their phones and you know hypnotized, addicted. Yeah. So, but it, more so, you know, I've got two teenagers right now, and getting them out of the house off of their phones, I, you know, I, I hate to sound like an old fogey, but <laughs> it's, uh, it, it it truly is, and I myself find myself scrolling through. and But the bad thing, I mean, they're a business, they're, they're there to make money, and I understand that, and but they knew that these had negative repercussions uh, mm-hmm. early on, and this is... One one of the topics the one of the original founders that's not there anymore. One of the reasons he said that he's gone, is they knew the negative impacts this was having, and they still proceeded with it. Uh, and again, just like a drug dealer knows the the impact of, hey, try this little thing. You know, it won't hurt you. You don't have to try it again if you don't. And then you start to like it. You get addicted, and there you go. There's a customer for life. So, uh, and if you in the book Big Tech Tyrants. Mm-hmm. What, it's not a lot of subjective things, just from our opinions. How the book came about is we were asked, we met with leaders in Congress and the White House before they did the Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Jack Dorsey hearings. And we, we came to them with data, data that's Facebook's own data, uh, that's hard evidence, uh, again, not s- subjective things, that that it, it shows this is actually the case. It, and it shows it uh, along those lines with teenagers, it shows it on censor- censorship you mentioned with Google, which I believe Google is now the biggest of all the big tech threats right now because of their control of 90% of the search. And yeah. you, a smart individual, are, are seeing it on your own. Can you imagine when you if, if you saw the Dr. Robert Epstein testimony bet- uh, before the Senate committee, uh, Ted Cruz's committee, uh, that he's a liberal Democrat. And he said he has hard evidence that anywhere from 5 to 10 million uh, swing votes were swayed in the direction of Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in 2016. Now, this is when they thought they were going to win in a landslide. Yeah. So they weren't really putting that much effort into it. So can you imagine So the, what, what all leaked out in the Project Veritas uh, you know, expose and then the, the insider that just came out with information, that they're planning a big assault on 2020. That they're they're blamed for Donald Trump being elected. So they're gonna make sure if, if you saw that video of all the Google execs crying yeah. the day after that President Trump won, yeah. now that's scary to me. Again, I would if if I were on the other side and my side won, and I saw a big influential corporation crying mm-hmm. and all supporting one side, I would be just as scared because. George Orwell may have been too light on his book, 1984, on, on really, I, I, I'm not a tinfoil guy. And if you read our book, it's not, it's not a bunch of conjecture. This is That's factual right. stuff. And if we don't get a handle on it now, <laughs> they, they don't look at themselves as a more American corporations. They look at themselves as global and they're putting servers in places like China that the U.S. will not have access to mm-hmm. that, you know, Skynet from the Terminator. I mean, I don't know if yeah they're going to fly around and shoot us and all that, but no. <laughs> imagine if you have an unregulated entity that's worth five, six, you know, maybe a trillion dollars bigger than most companies has that kind of control and they're in the hands of Chinese, like, wires and servers and all that when, where the U.S. has no access to it.
0: Yeah. Bottom line, I think that's what this comes down to, and this is what is in the Constitution as the First Amendment, It's really the freedom of speech, which is also goes along with the freedom of thought and that we can be responsible um, peoples and choose our own way, our own um, pursuit of happiness. And we can't do that when we only have one thought and one form to live. This status quo, this narrative, you must live it. You can't go outside the box because you'll be Um, well, character assassinated a lot of times. So uh, it's just really dangerous for everyone involved. And when you, like you said, if you are more uh, agreeing with the narrative, you're like, well, it's perfect. I agree with it. But what if one day you don't? And then that gets stopped, that form of thought and and free speech. And that's scary. And it's just
1: I mean, I thought that's what the left was about. I thought that's why the ACLU was founded, to protect free speech. So it's interesting how the ACLU, is not getting involved in the big tech issues. You know, my my sister, who I love to death, is a diehard liberal,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: but we we love each other. We you know we go to dinners and we have spirited and we try to stay away from politics. But when we do, it's all. She congratulated me the day Donald Trump won,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: then she went out and marched the next day. But if we can't have
0: <laughs> yeah
1: debates like that with that's supposed to be what makes us Americans. Yes. That, that we can have those kind of debates, shake hands, give each other a hug and move on and let the best ideas survive. But I I really think that's why this is happening Mm -hmm. is I think overall the left believes their ideas are not popular in the US. So how do you push ideas through when they're not the majority is you start restraining speech, you start manipulating, what people see, and this is what happens first in banana republics and yeah. dictatorships. You saw it with Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, mm-hmm. started cutting off the media and you saw, you see what Venezuela is today. So uh, it's, it's just dangerous in so many ways.
0: It is. It is. Well, this has been a fascinating talk and we could go on for hours. Huh? Yeah. But I'm going to let you go here, but let everyone know how they can help and get a copy of the book. How can they do that?
1: Well, really, I mean, President Trump and there's certain leaders in Congress are on this, but we cannot leave this in the hands of our, even the president, because there's only so much he can do. The two ways we talked before that I believe the people have to get behind it. It's actually three ways. We have to break them up as a monopoly. So we have a petition on bigtechtyrants.com. If you go, that petition will go to the Federal Trade Commission, which petitions them on going after big tech to break them up as a monopoly. Number two, it goes to the Department of Justice to challenge big tech on hiding under Section 230 statute that protects them as a communication platform, which they're, they're not offering. And then the third, probably most important, is we the people have to exercise the free market. So even after that happens, we have to look for solutions that we believe allows more free speech, I mean, look, Facebook took down MySpace, so we think, oh, Facebook can't be taken down. Absolutely not. They took them down literally overnight. If, if they're weakened with antitrust and not hiding under 230, but the free market has to go out and you you know, find the best app. It doesn't have to be ours. It could be Gab or Parlor, but we're just trying. We've invested a ton of money into it because we can't wait for government mm-hmm. to solve this kind of a problem The people have to do. And people out there, come up with your own, platforms and let the best platform that's how the u.s has grown into what we are let the free market solve it and mm-hmm. i'm confident that people can can fix this
0: yeah it's all about choice allowing people the choice so right. uh todd I, I just have to thank you again everyone go to big tech Tyrants.com, sign the petition today get the book uh you know educate yourself look at all different sorts of uh you know studies out there and, and don't take one One direction. Um, I, I, you know, you don't want to be fed into just one hole. But there's a lot of information out there, and we can all learn together and make um, informed choices to make the world better. So, uh, Todd, I just have to thank you again for coming to Savvy Broadcasting and sharing your great wisdom today. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And the last thing I'll say is, people like you that are doing what you're doing is allowing this content to get out that the mainstream will not. So, I want to thank you and and the people out there like you that are getting the con, getting the real information out to the people that needs to get out there.
0: Yes. Yes. And we can all do that. So Todd, thank you so much again for coming to savvy broadcasting.
1: Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.